Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the show today. Get buckled in because we have an incredible, amazing guest on today who you are going to want to hear. He has tons of experience in the field of optimizing human performance. We've got Jarek Robbins on and you're gonna wanna hear this bio. He's a best-selling author of a book called Live It. Fast Company calls him inspiring and says he'll make your life less ordinary. Forbes says Jarek will teach you how to succeed. Deepak Chopra will advise you to go to Jarek to help create meaningful meaning and fulfillment in your life. And Brian Tracy applauds Jarek's ability to teach people how to develop meaning and purpose in life and then make a difference in the lives of others. If you're looking for ways to level up in your business, Jarek is your guy, and we have him on today on the Max Potential Habits podcast to help you thrive in your life and business. So welcome on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I'm psyched you're here. This is awesome. Um, so tell us first, what, what got you into this field? What made you interested? Oh my goodness. Um, that is a very fascinating thing. So my very first job was security at Blockbuster Video. Um, it was the most conscious kind of thing I could think of at, at 14 years old in, in Southern California. <laughs> Not really. I was just <laughs> tall and I had a shaved head and I was really big because of football. So they went, they, I was not legally allowed to work a register uh, oh, nice. in California, but I was big enough to scare away the thieves who were stealing DVDs or at that time or video games. Uh, I can happily say theft rates went down by over 70% within two weeks of me starting as security on Friday and Saturday nights. Because so, you could see, you could see over all the aisles. Most likely. I could just look over like, what are you doing? Uh, so awesome. whoever was stealing disappeared quickly when they saw that I was hunting them on aisle five or whatever it was. Um, so after that, I, I got into our family's nonprofit and it was focused on helping people in leadership, homelessness. Um, now it helps plant trees. They're, they're on pace to feed over a billion people in 10 years, which is pretty cool. They're doing amazing things. Wow. Um, and, and one day I was in the nonprofit. I looked across the office and I was like, I love everything I'm doing in the nonprofit, except for one thing, the paycheck. I was like, I spend so much time helping all these people and we don't get paid a whole lot for helping. Now, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. And there was an, a department called coaching across the little walkway. And I walked over there. My friend whose name was Charlotte uh, ran that department. She's a wonderful woman. And I walked into her office. I'm like, what do you guys do? Literally didn't know. I'm like, what do you do? And she's like, oh, we help people. I was like, how? She goes, well, we help business professionals and we, we help them become happier and healthier. We help them achieve their goals. We help them have, be, have better relationships. I'm like, really? You're like, you get paid for that? A lot like, of money? <laughs> I was like, how much do y'all get paid for this? <laughs> She's like, well, I can't show you anyone's pay stubs, but roughly you can earn about this much. And I was like, really? That's incredible. Was, and my next question was like, can I do it? <laughs> I was 18 years old. Ju wow. uh, just in college. Just, yeah, just got into college. 18 years old. And I think she, she was a friend of mine, so she kind of humored me. She was like, sure you can, champ. And I was like, no, seriously, like, can I, can I come through this? <laughs> and she goes, well, um, I need, we need to give you a test and see how well you know the content and information. So I took a test, crushed it. 
I knew a new ton. She's like, wow, you really memorized all this stuff. I was like, yeah. And I said, okay. She goes, well, we need to get you trained. So they put me through 250 hours of training. And then they said, but wow. once you're trained, you're so young, you don't have a lot of experience in life. So we're going to need to figure out what experience you do have so that you can coach people in those specific areas. I went, ah, okay. So did the training, got really clear and just kept asking the question, what am I really world-class at? What do I have depth and experience in? What, what, what have I actually accomplished myself that if I had to, I could show someone else how to do it? Now, I'm not there to mentor them, obviously. I'm there to coach them. But you need reference points. You know, if, if you walk into a dentist office and you tell them of how to acquire more uh, clients, they're just going to shake their head at you because they have patience. They don't have clients. Yeah. If you talk, walk into a Keller Williams and you ask for the office manager, that's very different than the team leader. Yeah. It's the same role, but it has a different title. You have to learn how to speak their language. And so experience allows you to speak the language of, of the situation that you're walking into. And it does make a difference. You know, if I walk into that dentist office and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to help you find 50 more clients this week. They just know that I'm not a dentist. So yeah. I can help them, but it's different. They just, I just don't get it, is what they would say. As soon as they say, hey, how can we help you find 50 more patients this week and really deliver exceptional service and a high quality experience? They go, oh, are you a dentist? Or, or like, are you a doctor? Are you, how do you know this? Because I'm speaking their language. And so they helped me vet out what languages I knew how to speak fluently that mm -hmm. I could work with those clients in that specific capacity. And the two things I could do uh, was health and fitness because I had transformed my own health and fitness. And the second was time management. And so I only had two topics I could work on in the very beginning. <laughs> and, and that's where I started in, in the coaching space was coaching people, professionals and students. I had a, a friend of mine who was my, it was kind of fun. I, as a young 18 year old man, um, it's one of those moments where I got a new client. And when I read what she did, it said model for Ford models in New York city. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is exciting. So of course I Googled her and I was like, oh, look at this human. This is a fancy human. And we got to work on time management because the model business is actually a really demanding business. It's very hard and there's a yeah. lot going on. Um, and, and then my, my other favorite client at that time, I was still in university was I got a professor from Cornell University who signed up for time management coaching. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. What if he finds out I'm still a student? <laughs> and the whole imposter syndrome kicked in. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen if he Googles me and figures it out? And then once we did you know, six, seven weeks of sessions and I saw how much benefit he got from the coaching, I was like, wow, that was cool. Because I was really talented and skilled at coaching someone through an area that, that he genuinely had a soft spot in. Yeah. I, I want to point out multiple things. Do you mind if I cut Please. in? Please. Okay. So, so that's how I got started. That's, I mean, that's incredible and awesome. And I love what you're saying. First, I want to point out thinking about that paycheck part from the nonprofit and shifting. I think a lot of people have money blocks around being in certain industries and not recognizing that it, the less money you make, the less impact you get to have, right? So it's like shifting that to going, oh, I still get to work in an industry where I get to help people, but I get to increase my income and then I get to have, broaden my reach. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to really be blocked in that area thinking it was bad to make a lot of money. And so I, I love that you pointed that out thinking like, okay, I'm in a nonprofit. I want to help people. They are helping people. And now how do I use my talent and skills to actually shift that toward making a larger impact? And then this, this point you're making for everyone listening, if you're looking for something to do, start with what you know and let what you know grow and, and don't make assumptions because you might think oh you're a professor, you know so much more than I do about time management, but the truth is everyone has different skill sets and everyone has different things they're good at and we tend to overlook the ones that we're really gifted at and that's actually where you wanna start in thinking about business development. So for you, being able to step in masterfully and help someone with time management, awesome. And those are skills that definitely not everybody has. Yeah, Yeah. again, I was young and I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm good at time management. I don't, I don't see why everyone else wouldn't be. And especially if they're older than me, I'm sure uh-huh. they figured it out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this person was highly skilled at their profession. They just weren't good at managing the time around yeah. their profession. Well, and that's so cool, too, that you were only 18, because a lot of people, I think, use age as a limit, limiting belief system around getting started for something. They either think they're too old or too young. And, you know, that just proves really nicely that that's not the case. Okay, so tell us, I, I mean, I could pick your brain about a million things, is you since then have expanded massively. So books, speaking, uh, live training, I mean, you do one-on-one coaching, you do everything on TV appearances, all kinds of big, big stuff. What, what parts are your absolute favorite of what you do? Um. The, my, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing in the business side of what we do, my personal favorite thing is helping my wife feel like the most loved, adored, seen, appreciated, wonderful woman on the earth. That's my favorite thing to do in the world. Um, in a awesome. business context for this, uh, my favorite thing is usually working one-on-one with people okay. and, and assisting them in achieving the results that they, they really desire and deserve. And I, I think there's power in one-on-one work. Um, there's, there's scalability in group work, there's high earning potential in group work, um, but there, there's depth and power and, and sacredness that exists in the one-on-one work. And so I love having those one-on-one experiences where you're unpacking the box of who this human is and figuring out what needs to be put in place to get them that result that they really desire. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what's the machine we need to build to produce that that consistent result over time again and again and again, Uh, you know, who needs to be involved to maintain that system and and keep it at high capacity and high performance. Uh, What are are the little things we need to commit to habit wise that, that help us be happy, healthy, strong, fulfilled, have a, have a deeply loving and caring relationship, have a thriving family, you know, a bank account that's always growing over time. I, I think for most people, I was just talking about this on Instagram live this morning for most people, we're kind of chasing that if I could just have the big win, it'll mm-hmm. solve everything. But yeah. for most people, the big win goes up and then they have the win. And then from then that point forward in life, it's kind of just a slow downhill fading away of whatever they want. Yeah. And the reason is they stopped doing the habits that helped them get the win. Yeah. And so I gave an example, a client of mine worked and worked and worked and worked, uh, sold one of his businesses and made $5 million after taxes. And over the next five years, he turned that $5 million into 550000 And then he spent the next so many years trying to figure out how to sell another business to hopefully make another $5 bucks or more. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, 
if he would have yeah. just maintained certain business habits instead of selling it for five million, he could have just had that thing cranking out cash the whole time and kept going. Yeah. So let, let's go there. I love this conversation. And it, it, to me, it's, you're talking about sustained, sustained performance and habits that keep you going in the direction of not only getting to a goal, but then having an expanded, expansive vision once you get there and then just moving on to the next. So it's this constant evolution of yourself and stepping up instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to get there and then everything will be happy and then I'll retire and you know, life will be blissful. So could you talk about that a little bit? Some sustained optimizing yourself habits for business builders. Sure. So I'll start in a different category just so you could see how clear this is. Um, in relationships, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done this where the goal was to get that person to get into a relationship with them. I've never done that. And so we work and 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 then we get them and then we're in a relationship with them and it slowly decays until it literally falls apart and goes away. Yeah. And we're like, what in the heck happened? And it's like, oh, well, if we go back to the goal, the goal was not to have a beautiful partnership and relationship with this human. The goal was to get into a relationship with this person. So we achieved the goal. We got the relationship, but we didn't have a goal to maintain the relationship or grow the relationship or do anything else with it. So we got it. Then we changed our, you know, direction and focus to something else. And the relationship just falls apart over time. And we're like, oh, I guess I'm just not good at relationships. It's like, no, you just had a really shitty goal in that relationship. Yeah, that's so <laughs> the only powerful. Goal was to get it. That clarity so, in the in in the sustained piece, and not just the capturing of the goal. It's how are you gonna how are you, how are you gonna shift yourself to become the person who can have the long term sustained relationship? So clarity in that piece. Ah, I love that. Exactly. And so bringing it back to business, same thing. People think, you know, if I can just get my business to a certain level, if I can just get so many clients, if I can just get so many patients, if I can just make so much money, if I could just, and, and I used to do this. There was a time when I was like, man, if I could make $5,000 a month in my coaching business, like my, my oh man, I'd, I'd, I'd be rich. Like the greatest thing in the world. And, and you know, at that time in my life, I'm like, that would just be so amazing. And, and what's funny is, you know, that, that, that's luckily think, you know, humbly, luckily, that's a very small, small number nowadays, <laughs> but there was a lesson in it. Cause I kept getting the 5,000 yeah. and getting, getting a little above it and then falling a little below it. And my thermometer around that earning just kept staying the same for years, yeah. you know? And, and now we, we used to be, if we could make a hundred thousand dollars in a year back in the day, like, Oh my God, that blew my mind. And, you know, now we can make it in a month and without blinking an eye. Yeah. And, and it, it's the process, though, of what had to actually happen yeah. was to realize that I don't want my business curve to look like this, where mm-hmm. I make the money, I spend the money, I make the money, I spend the money, I make the money, I spend the money. Instead, I want my business curve to look like this. There should be more in our business every day, forever. Every yeah. day, there should be more. And so one of those fundamental belief changes of, Every day, my relationship should be better than it was the day before. Like there's bumps and ups and downs along the way. But overall, even if it goes up and down, it's the trajectory still should be going up. My health should be better every day of my life, not slowly declining. 
Um, you know, I should be getting healthier every day of my life. I should be getting happier every day of my life. I should be, you know, earning more money. I should be growing my business. And as you start to make that adjustment psychologically, then you got to ask the question, what are the habits necessary to have consistent business growth? Well, most yeah. people, the moment you say business growth, they go, oh, marketing and sales. I need more clients if I'm going to have a bigger business. And one of my mentors taught me something so simple. He said, well, wait a minute. How many clients have ever tried you in business? Like they've sampled your business. They've purchased something from you. And at that, that time, I was like probably thousands. And he said, okay, what if every single one of those clients was still a client? How big would your business be? And my answer was at that time, I was a single one-on-one -on -one coach. I was like, unsustainable. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> he goes, okay, so your business model needs some work. Yeah. And, and he said, but if you had the right model and team in place, how big would your business be? And I was like, well, thousands of times bigger than it is right now. Yeah. And he said, okay, did you need to go market and Facebook at it and Instagram pitch and did you need to go social media and then run Google ads and build a funnel? Did you need any of that stuff to grow your business? And I was like, I guess not. He said, no, you yeah. needed to figure out what would cause those clients to actually stay with you long-term. So and he said, if, if that's all you did, look at how big your business would be. Yeah. Get the I clients you have to stay. This is brilliant. You know, it, thinking about that idea of scalability, it, it, you know, and I love the parallel. It's funny because in a few weeks ago, I had someone on talking about the crossover between relationships and business and how your business is a relationship. And it's a similar conversation where you go, the scalability of a relationship is like, do you want to keep dating? And do you want to date over and over and over again? And then just get the person and then not know how to sustain it? Or do you want to scale up? And similarly in our business, and, and something I want to highlight that you pointed out is that thermostat level that we get set at, you know, and our limiting beliefs that keep us stuck at a certain level and not breaking through to the next point. And what it takes is your mindset shifts, right? Even the way you think about your business, the way you think about relationships, the way you think about, do I deserve this? What do I want? Do I actually want to be the person who can run and manage a million dollar business, a million dollar a year business? Do I want to be the person it takes to be, to have a long-term fulfilling relationship? Because it takes work. I think a lot of us get stuck in that idea of the one-sided fantasy where it's all going to be fun and games and pleasure and joy. And when you step back and look at it, you go, well, it actually is filled with challenge and support, yeah. love and appreciation and gratitude. And then these really big challenges that you've got to learn to grow and stretch outside of your comfort zone and break through that level that you've always known so that you can get to the next level of who you really can step into becoming. Yeah. What do you think... Are, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges in business building for people? Um, so the first part is mixing up the difference between business and, and their, their passion, their joy, their hobby, their talent, their skill set, their, their gifts to give to the world, all these great things. Um, business is pretty much the same across the board everywhere you go. Like there, there are fundamentals in business that if these things are sound, you win the game. Um, one of my mentors, let me see if I find my little checklist real quick. One of my mentors gave me a checklist. 
And I, I remember I wrote it down and it just made so much sense. They said, you know, business, there's really six things you need to build the structure of business. Uh, number one, you need a scorecard. So just how to win, how to, what does winning look like? What's, how do you get an A? How do you get 100% on this test? What's the scorecard look like? Number two, you need A players. You need people who live for doing this. They love it. Um, you know, that there's, I, I interview people and talk to people. And I remember a friend told me he read the four hour work week. And I said, well, what do you ultimately want? He says, well, I, I want to do this and set it up in a way so that I don't have to do it anymore. And I said, that's like Michael Jordan saying, I want to win the championship, <laughs> but, but not having to run or dribble the ball or shoot or block anybody. Like, yeah. I don't want to have to play defense and I want that championship. I think, no, He's, well, he loves doing it. He, he lives for doing it. He thrives on doing it. And, and you know, same thing for, for just you got to love it. You got to find the people who crave. They love the process of this and they love to be exceptional at it. They love to be measured. They love to know what their score is. They like to know if they were two millimeters off on the last jump shot they took or if they got the same score this time as last time or blocked as many this time as last time. You know, A players love that stuff. Yeah. People who are B and C players, they don't like it very much. They don't want people to see the score. They don't want to have to look at the score themselves. They don't want to see the fact that they're not delivering. Um, so, so eight players. Next, you need systems and processes. It's real simple. E-Myth Revisited kind of concept. You need, you need systems. You need something that people can follow. My favorite phrase is, what's a system you need to put in place that a averagely intelligent human on their worst day couldn't mess up? <laughs> got to keep those systems simple. <laughs> keep it simple. Keep them simple. Yeah. Keep them simple. Yeah. And just build it in a way that it, it, it it is follow, follow the system is going to happen. Yeah. Now we work in a complicated, you know, career space it, coaching. You can't just follow a four point system. I think one of my favorite things I ever heard was a consultant has a recipe and they come and they, everything needs to fit in the recipe. An expert has a cookbook and a giant tool chest. And they know that, Hey, not everything's going to fit in one recipe but my God, I got about 800 recipes in my bag and we'll keep sorting and sifting and switching and, and shit. We might even need to cut half that recipe and mix it with a third of this recipe and even spin in one of these doohiggies. And if we put all those three things together, kapow, we have a result. And that's how you know you're dealing with someone who's the real deal. They're not trying to take you through the same five bullet steps every time. Instead, they're willing to, and this is where I said the one-on-one -on -one is where the magic is at. Because yeah. If, if I had to take 10,000 people through a process, of course I have to put it into five bullet point steps because there's so many variations of people. But yeah. if I get to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, oh my goodness, I get to dig in my tool chest and figure out of 10,000 variations of different tools, which one best applies right now to get you the results you really want. Yeah, and that's, where, that's what's exciting to me is like, oh, yeah. Man, I got lots of options. Let's figure out, you know, which one of these things in which order and which sequence and shit, cut that one in half and mix this one in and a little sprinkle of that and pow, now we got a result. Yeah. I love that part. So, um, so systems and processes for structure and guardrails. You need to know what the boundaries are. What's <laughs> off limits and in limits within this company and team? How do, how do we keep everyone kind of safe and moving in the right direction without hurting anybody or themselves? Uh, five, you need consistent check-ins and dashboards. You need some place that people know what the score is at all times. They know if they're doing better or worse. 
They know how other people are doing. They know how they compare and contrast, and they know what they can do to improve it. And then number six, coaching and accountability. Someone that steps in and goes, yo, you said 10, you did two. What's up with that? <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not, that's a goal. That's not a standard. Standards are things we uphold no matter what. Goals are things we aim for and see what happens. You know, we don't have goals. We have standards. We have things that are upheld. We yeah. make a commitment. My favorite phrase my mentor told me is, none of my employees have to beg me to sign their paychecks. I shouldn't have to beg them to do their work. If you, if you make a commitment to do your work, show up and get it done. If I make a commitment to have you on my team, you're going to get a paycheck exactly on time every time. I don't, you don't have to beg me to write your paycheck. I don't have to beg you to do the work. If I have to come and beg you to do the work, we're, we're going to chop that paycheck up real quick. Yep. Because <laughs> that's not the commitment we made when we, we signed up for this. And oh, so when so we look at business and we break this down, um, you know, that comes from my, one of my business mentors. His name's Keith Cunningham. He has a great book called The Road Less Stupid. I don't love the title of it, but my God, the contents are, are game changers in business. Nice. And, and so, you know, that what, what he taught me in business is certain business habits that have yeah. caused us to grow tremendously as a company. Yeah, I love this. something you said at the very beginning before you pulled out the scorecard is uh, one of the first one of the first lessons and a framework that I think is incredibly important for people stepping in. You were talking about people coming in with passion and skills and all these things, but if you don't treat it like a business, you're not going to succeed. And then you can't get that message out there and you can't help people because, and I think it's something people struggle with a lot is that idea of like, Oh, but I've got so much drive in this area and I know exactly how to be a good coach. Well, if you know how to coach, awesome, but how are you going to actually help people if you don't have all of these place all of these six things in store in the in the recipe <laughs> and and develop your business in a way where you treat it like a business every day do you get up do you play the game do you have rules for yourself do you have boundaries do you have standards do you have systems do you have team members that want to be there and are inspired like those are such powerful yep. rules to building a solid business and it's a blend because a consultant yeah. would say hey here's the six things every business needs do you have them all there yeah an expert would come in and go, well, yeah, we need the six things there, but yeah. let's look under the hood in each one of these six and see what's really going on. Right. And there, there's Recognizing no, the uniqueness. Exactly. And that, yeah. that's where I find the joy is, is you know, yeah. yes, the six things need to be there and this will help because hopefully tens of thousands and millions of people listen to this awesome podcast and, and they'll be like, oh, these are important. Yeah. But if we went into each one of their businesses specifically, we would go, oh, yeah. This needs to be a little adjusted that you need more of this, less of that. And that's where, yeah. you know, the real magic of someone like you or I in the coaching space helps tremendously with people is because you get real hands on game changing little adjustments that happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I love that. And I love in my model, I have, you know, I do individual and courses and then group coaching and different options because not everybody's ready for that one-on-one -on -one and, and not even maybe people also can't afford it. So there's different options, but it's this, it's a, it's, I love what you're saying is I do the same thing. It's that tailored approach to working one-on-one -on -one with people because we all have different value systems and we all have different businesses and desires and drives. And, and, and so I always look at it as like my toolkit that I pull from whatever I need to pull from in order to help people shift. And it's going to yep. be different for you and me and everyone else. So there's some yep. fundamentals, but Absolutely. then you add on. 
I want to ask you, um, what are your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today? And that can be in, you know, I know success means something different to everybody, but at your level of success and in your life that you're creating, that's fulfilling for you, your business, your relationship, what would you say are three of your, your most foundational habits that got you where you are? Um, so if I go back to the beginning, the things that got me to where I are, and, and it, I, I love the title of the book, what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, there were very different habits than what they are now. Because okay. in, in the beginning, it was getting there. Now it's growing it and maintaining it. It's very different habits. Yeah. And so getting there, which is that first piece, kind of step one, um, you know, th there's a formula I, I realized. And, and step one is you got to figure out what works. And so I went on a hunt of what works. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing I did that helped me get there was just massively immersing myself in learning as much as I possibly could. And I yeah. just hunted down knowledge and information and I watched for people who were doing it and I listened to them and I, and I attended seminars and workshops and boot camps and trainings. And, uh, you know, these are, I got piles of books back here. I don't know if I can hold them up. Let me see. I'll grab a handful. <laughs> so I've been studying, whoops, whoops. I've been studying <laughs> business the last five years. And yeah. so I got piles and piles of business books that, yeah. you know, constantly thumbing through and reading. And then yeah, on top you, you of see business, it in my, you see in my background there, that's all, right. All, right. I, that's, that would be my number one as well. Beyond business, this is level one and level two of Gottman relationship, marriage and family therapy training. Nice. Um, and so relationship is the other thing. Um, and what, the way I figured this out was when you're hunting to figure out what works, uh, I, I figured something out early, which was, hey, wait a minute. If I wanted to become a PhD in this topic, a doctorate level of understanding, how how long should it take and how much information should I acquire and what should I be proficient at in order to call myself a PhD in a topic? And I went and found a curriculum for a PhD course. And then I created my own version. I said, I'm going to create my own personal PhD. And the first one I started with was relationships. And I spent five years before meeting my wife, five years since we've been married, six. So I'm on 10, 11 years of my research and application of intimate relationship study and application. And awesome. I'm working towards my doctorate, my personal PhD in relationships. Yeah. And so I'm constantly reading books, constantly taking courses, constantly applying it in our own life. And I use this little philosophy, which is learn it, live it, give it. So learn what it takes to get the results you desire and deserve, live it, apply it fully in your own life, then give it and pay it forward and help others do the same. Lots of people like to learn it and then preach about it. Um, and, and they haven't done it themselves. So they don't know the real firsthand experience of how it goes down in their own life. Or they tried it, screwed it up, and don't talk about those things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but live it. Figure out how to make it work by using the tools. So one, acquiring a massive amount of knowledge. My personal PhD. Um, I think I'm like five or six years into my business personal PhD right now. And 11 years into my relationship yeah. one. Uh, and I have more I want to do after that. But these are the first ones I'm starting with. Uh, besides that, so acquiring knowledge, um, other habits. Uh, I mean, I tried to figure out what's the minimum investment necessary to get the maximum 
ROI as quickly as possible first thing in the morning. And mm -hmm. what I mean is everyone talks about the whole wheel of life, all these categories you got to do good at. You got to do good in your health, your emotions, your relationship, your finance, your business, your spiritual life, giving, all these things. And I looked at the amount of time I needed to invest into my business to grow it in the beginning, which is basically all the time you have <laughs> to get it off the ground. And I was like, how in the world am every, I going to fit every any, second of the day? <laughs> every waking moment is what it takes to get a business off the ground. It's true in the beginning. It's definitely true. <laughs> and I looked at all these other pieces. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to fit anything else in my life in if every waking moment is required to drive this business forward? And so I said, wait a minute. Minimum investment for maximum return. And I said, I wonder if I could get five out of seven boxes checked within the first 60 minutes of each day. I don't know if there's an answer, but I'm going to propose a question, see if we can get something. Yeah. And I sat down and I was like, okay, health and fitness. That's easy. I'll go for a run. Emotions. Ah, on the run, I had heard about this concept of doing an emotional flood flooding into my mind and body all the things I'm grateful for, excited about, dreaming about, working towards, all, all, you know, all affirmations, incantations, saying these phrases to power myself up, uh, speaking aloud my 20-year vision for my life, speaking aloud my one-year goals and commitments for the day. So like, oh, that's emotions and, and fitness. So I take a run and on the run, I think and, and speak these goals and affirmations and incantations and emotions and things, gratitude. And then I was like, well, spiritual, wow. I could say a prayer. You know, I could connect with nature. I could connect with the universe and God as a finishing that run and coming back home. There's three. I was like, relationships. I don't really like going running with people. I like running by myself. I was like, but I could think of someone I love and flood good energy into them on the run and I could write them a quick text message or email just real quick the moment I get home and tell them three things I really appreciate about them. Like, oh, relationships, got it. So I got four. Business? Like, nah, I'm going to spend all day doing that anyways. <laughs> Finances? It's kind of at that point in, when you're just launching a business is tied to finances. So I'm like, eh, it's kind of tied together. It was like giving back. I was like, ah, what if I look for a random act of kindness I could do each day on a run, whether it's helping an animal, helping the planet, which is like picking up a random piece of trash or something, whether it's helping a person, doing something kind for somebody. Like bingo. I've literally got six out of eight things or five out of seven things covered within the first 60 minutes of waking up. Now I give myself permission to spend the rest of my waking hours crushing it in business to get this thing off the ground. Now that has changed dramatically over the years. That was to get here, to get here, total and absolute focus and intensity. And I wow. needed to get all those things covered in the first 60 minutes to give myself all day and night. And I worked from 7 a.m. to probably 9 p.m. every day, seven days a week for... God, how many years was that? Probably four, five, six years to get real traction and off the ground before I changed my schedule a little. Yeah. 
Um, and at that time I was making, I was living in the front den of a house. I had three other roommates. So I lived in the front den. I had a curtain as a door. I had a laptop, the internet, and a cell phone, which is all you need to get into the coaching business. I had 250 hours of training and five years experience being a coach to, to start my own little coaching practice. Um, and I, I ramped that up from zero to $100,000 in, in top line revenue within eight months. And I was like, wow. And, and making 100,000 in revenue when your rent is 500 bucks and your overhead total is 2,000 a month, uh, feels like you're rich, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I was yeah. like, I'm 24 years old. I'm like, I'm <laughs> killing it. <laughs> um, and so at 24, I felt like I was dominating life somehow and totally crushing it. And, and I had a lot of learning to do sure. um, because I, I did all the things to get there. And, and I made the mistake of not knowing how to then grow it. I just knew how to get there. And so my finances got there, spent it, got there, spent it, got there, spent it. That's what my finances look like. And that's not very good. Yeah. And so over time, you know, that next lesson was figuring out what got me here won't get me there. Yeah. And I had to go back to education and say, ah, who can I learn from now? Because I figured out and I learned all the basics to get a business off the ground. But I said, who do I go learn from now that'll show me how to actually grow a business? Yeah. So I figured out how to, how to get a business off the ground, I, I, but I didn't know how to grow a business. Um, and I might refine the words I, I thought it was a business. I figured out how to get my private coaching practice off the ground. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to grow or run a business. And so I had the transition from a private practice to a business. And that was an interesting transition. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, oh my God, that's totally different. The, this is filled with gems. It's really making me think about those developmental phases of a business, right? Where you go, okay, I, I'm, I want to be sensitive of time because I know that you, we're, we might be running out of time. So I just want to recap for everyone listening. First, something that's really important to point out and think about if you're a startup, that it's going to take a lot of work and energy. I, I hear people all the time saying, I want to have a six figure business, seven figure, eight figure. I want this, this and that, but are you willing to do the work? And you might want to assess whether or not you're a person who wants to spend, like Jarek said, seven in the morning to nine at night. I do that all the time too. My whole life is, is lovely and in beautiful, wonderful ways consumed by my business because I love what I'm doing. If I didn't love what I'm doing, it would be really hard to dedicate that much energy and time to it. So you know, if you're stuck in those areas, no, immerse yourself in learning, uh, minimum investment for maximum ROI, and know that what you got you there won't get you, what, what got you here won't get you there. So when you start to level up and you start to go, okay, I've made it to the next level, don't sabotage. Don't get in stuck in your old ways. Go, okay, now I'm at this level and it's time to up level to the next. So now who do I need to turn to, to learn new skills, new habits, new mindset to get to the next level again, because we have those set thermostats. And if you don't decide that you need to focus on the growth aspect and you're just focusing on the getting there aspect, you're going to have a much longer road to get there. So if you want to catalyze your success, like Derek's saying, make sure that you're constantly up leveling and looking to different teachers. And once you get to and break through to that new level, that's yeah. such powerful advice in my mind. Uh, I, so I'll tell you the next level just to show you a different set of habits. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so what happened was at that time I was probably five, six years into my private practice. I was doing good. I had my solid six figure year earnings and, 
And I, I was so proud of myself. I launched my first product. I, you know, so everything was moving. I thought it was killing it. And so I decided to expand. We were going to do seminars all over the world. So we launched one year. We did 20 events in one year all over the world. We did Gold Coast, Australia, New York City, San Francisco, Florida, Toronto, London, Dublin, uh, Stockholm. Like we did a t- world tour and, and we crushed it. We, we helped thousands of people. We draw in tons of money. I was like, oh man, we killed it this year. Sat down with a business mentor. He opened up the business side of my business. He looked at my financials and everything else. And he said, how do you think you did? I was like, duh, we killed it. He's like, oh, really? He said, I don't know how to explain this to you. He said, let me just bluntly say it. If you would have stood home and stared at the wall the whole year, you'd be about $30,000 richer than you are right now. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And he says, you paid $30,000 out of your pocket in order to do a year's worth of work. I was like, what what are you trying to say? (laughs) He said, you lost money, son. (laughs) He said, you just paid to work for 12 months. He's like, if you shut your whole business down and go get a job somewhere else, you would have made a hell of a lot more money than you made this year. I was like, well, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, what, what were you doing? I was like changing lives, inspiring people. It's my passion. It's what I was made to do. He goes, okay, that's great. I don't care what your passion is. I don't care if you like it. That's nice. And he's like, but if I'm a business guy, I'm looking at the business here and this business sucks. And he goes, let me give you an example. He said, and I'll tell you an example of someone who's on one of, you know, our, our, we have a, a group that we meet with where 10 business owners sit around the table. We mm-hmm. bring in a whole board report and each mm-hmm. of us act as each other's board of directors. So we hand each other our board report and we look at each other's financials. We look at each other's uh, org charts and maps and we, look, we, we take apart the whole business for each other and say, hey, if I was a million dollar investor in your business, am I okay with the way you're running this? And what things do I need to know and what questions do I have to make sure that my investment is going to return a massive multiple? And so give you an example. There, there's a group, one company on our board. I, we don't share this information with anybody, uh, but I'll, I'll use rough numbers. Uh, they made, let's say, $50 million this year so far. And that $50 million only turned 100000 in profit. Wow. And so from the outside, if I got on a podcast and was like, well, I'm the founder of a $50 million a year business. Most people would be like, "Woo! ah, wow, 50 million, that guy's rich. But think of the brain damage I had to do this year to make $91,000 in profit. I had to somehow sell $50 million worth of product or stuff or services to be able to keep 91,000. That person got big, but they did not get rich. And yeah, so there, there's all the time. <laughs> all the time. This yeah. is why one of my mentors told me, different mentor, he said, the f- what is it? Forbes 500, the, the fastest 5,000 growing companies in the country. He's like, that's nothing but business porn. Because all they're talking about is top line revenue. They're telling you how they grew their top line, grew their top line. 
I have people all the time in our space. They say, oh my gosh, this lady made $14 million in the coaching space last year. She's killing it. I was like, maybe. I don't know. If she spent $27 million in advertisement to make $14 million in sales and she's bragging about her $14 million in sales while being negative tens of thousands of dollars, I think that was a pretty stupid business. But everyone gets all hung up and excited yeah. and hyped up on, oh my God, did you hear their top line revenue numbers? Yeah. You know, yes. there's some very famous people in yeah. our industry who I've looked under the hood of their companies and gone, ugh. And I started with my own. Yeah. And it took right. a mentor to come in and sit me down and lift up the hood of my business and go, oh, this is a horrible business. I mean, Which what are you talking about? Brilliant I'm, lesson, right? Early on in this in your game, because it yeah. financial literacy and financial responsibility is yeah. a huge part of the money game in building right. a business. And it is the business. If you're not aware of what your financials are, then you really might not succeed. And it is interesting how people inflate those numbers or or promote in certain ways. And it and it even if they told this, you the truth. Right. Even if they told yeah. you the truth. Yeah, they only true. told you one part of the truth. Exactly. Yeah. And it gives a skewed so, perspective for people to think yes. like, oh, I'm going to step into this industry and make millions of dollars. Well, what's your net? Yeah. yeah. What's your EBITDA? What's your net? Yeah. How much did you profit? Yeah. What kind of difference did you make? And it's not only about profit, but I'll tell you, no. cash is oxygen to a business. If your business Absolutely. runs out of oxygen, it's dead. If it runs out of cash, it's gone. Yeah. We can't pay its bills anymore. Yeah. And I'm always amazed by how many business owners just want to avoid looking at the numbers altogether. You know, it's kind of like, I want to be in a relationship, but not spend any time actually talking together. <laughs> you know? well, I want to play like, the game of basketball numbers. and I want yeah. to win a championship, but right. I don't want to have to deal with a scoreboard. Totally. Like that does not work. No. Yeah. And it's a generational piece that's been taught very recently in generations where it's like, no, yeah. no, no, we should play soccer without the scoreboard. Why do kids need to feel bad if they lose? Yeah. Everyone deserves a trophy. Well, that's cool in soccer. I think that's awesome for making little kids feel great. Yeah. Shit, I would have loved the trophy if I lost. <laughs> I think that'd be cool <laughs> to get one. Uh, but when you get into the business yeah. world, they don't give trophies for trying. Like yeah. you well, go out of business and get bankruptcy for trying. It sets up the unexpected it sets up a fantasy of a one-sided experience, right? Like, oh, it's all going to be blissful and joyful and wonderful and everyone gets a trophy. No, sorry, that's not the way the real world works. And those challenges actually help you grow. They help you be a better business person. Right. So if you, the faster you're willing to look, the faster you can take your business to the next level. Yeah. And, and that was one of my favorite things I heard from Will Smith, a video he posted. He's like, failure, failure is the best. Fail forward, fail yeah. What was it? Fail quickly, fail forward, and fail often. And yeah. that's how you actually make success happen. Yeah. By failing forward, failing quickly, and failing often. So and if you're awesome. willing to continually push until failure, he's like, that's what you do at the gym. You pick up a weight and you do it until failure. And mm -hmm. then when you do one more past failure is where you gain muscle. And so that ability to get excited about finding your failure point and then continually push up against it until it's no longer a failure point is where yeah. you, how you grow your business. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out, it was one of my favorite questions. In the current machine that you've built around your business, what is your absolute red line max capacity before it breaks? Now, you know, with the machine you've built, it's capable of handling that amount of business. Now, the funny part is you hear people say stuff, especially in the coaching space. If I could just get Oprah to tweet about me, if I yeah. could just get Gary V to give me a shout out, 
Yeah. If I could just get on the cover of Fortune magazine, my God, my business would just grow. Yeah. I would tell you something that's the truth. It would kill just about every person who says that is business. They yeah. would be out of business. They'd be bankrupt because the amount of volume of business that that celebrity or whatever would drive into their company would be unsustainable for the machine they've built right now. Yeah. And so, so there's, true. when you know business, you got to say, hey, what's the machine I need to build? The processes, the people, the standard operating procedures, the traffic bandwidth for your website. My God, what's yeah. the system I need to build to be ready for the next level of growth I desire? Because if yeah. you don't build the machine and your machine caps out at 10 students and you flood 50,000 students into the machine, your machine will break and you will have no service to deliver for those new people. You're out of business. You're done. And you know, that growth people think is the magic answer to growing a business. And it's not, I watch businesses grow themselves to death all the time. Yeah. It's really, I mean, you're, you're just that the idea is sustainability growth, a stage based growth and sustainability. It's progress. Yeah. It's how do you keep things moving forward? Yeah. Which means as it's moving forward, you need to retool the business and reshape the machine to be ready for the next level yeah. that, that you're aiming for. Yeah, and which means same thing and, with and your relationship. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you turning into a leader yourself and then training a team of leaders to come along with you as you grow. So that expansive part you were saying, the you know, having play the A players, it's like oh, awesome. You've got to have a team in place if you want to all of a sudden be, I mean, first of all, there's no such thing as an overnight success, right? We, we know that. But as you grow in that really, uh, I, I like to, to think about it as a, a stage-based growth that you can tolerate at the ultimate level of your kind of stretch zone, you know, because you don't want to get bored, but you don't want to grow so much that you fail. Well, I don't, I don't want to use the word fail, that you, that you can't sustain it and then your customers go away because they're unhappy and, and your clients are not be able to reach you and all those things, but you yeah. want to continuously be up-leveling and in that zone of, of, of support and challenge at all and points you, in time. You just nailed it. That's how businesses kill themselves. They're so yeah. concerned with growth, they forget about their clients and the yeah. clients they have start getting a shitty service and leave. Yeah. And remember yeah. where we started. If you just had all the clients that ever tried you still as a client, how big would your business be? Yeah. And so all of a sudden there's magic in this where it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm sacrificing all the clients I have to try to get the new clients I desire. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm letting the water sink through a hole in the boat instead of patching the hole. Yeah. If I patch the hole, then my boat can only take so many people before it sinks. Yeah. Or I need to build a bigger boat. It's so that grass is greener philosophy and mentality, right? It's like, oh, somehow it'd be great if I have this many people in my business, but are you taking care of the ones you have? Are you becoming the person you need to be, the business owner, the relationship person in order to sustain long-term connection, long-term clients? It's ah, so brilliant. Okay. This has been absolutely incredible. I could talk to you probably for at least 10 hours straight. <laughs> so hopefully someday we will. Um, where can people find you? Where's the best um, place for them to find you? Couple places. So jerickrobbins.com is my main website. If you want to check that out, got all kinds of goodness in there. We got a blog with tons of stuff, um, podcast, all kinds of freebies we give away. Get on our newsletter. We pump out fresh content every week. If you find me on Instagram, I, press, I pump out fresh content daily. So we have tons of content pumped out there. Um, for people who are coaches or wanting to become a coach, 
uh, go check out Performance Coach University. We have a really, really badass coach training certification process that's ICF and BCC approved and accredited. Um, the, the main place though, I'd say find me on Instagram. That way you can, you'll experience the benefit of it daily. One of my favorite things in the way I phrase it of what my intention is on Instagram is to reach the people that need it most at the moment they need it with the message they need. I always say, I don't know who they are, where they are, what they need, but every day we pump out great content in hopes to find them at the moment they need it most. Awesome. Uh, we're, we're blessed that we get little notes back every day from people saying, hey, I needed that or thanks so much. Um, the most, the, the wildest ones is we've gotten letters from like a soldier who, who came back from deployment. She had a horrible PTSD. Uh, and, and, you know, she, she wrote me a letter. She said, Mr. Robbins, I uh, just wanted to say thank you. Uh, over the last few weeks, I've had extreme PTSD and I've had my firearm in my mouth multiple times wanting to pull the trigger. Someone gave me a copy of your book. I read it and it reminded me of my reason why I'm going to keep on living. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Signed her name. Wow. I went, wow, we did it. We succeeded. We got to the one person who needed us most that day at the exact moment she needed us. And we delivered. And so if you find me on Instagram, that's my goal. That's why we pump out great content every day in hopes to find you at the moment you need it most. Wow. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll have all of those links in the show notes. So in case you don't know how to spell anything or, or you, you could rewind, but I will have them in the show notes and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's been pure joy and uh, super valuable. Lots of gems in there. Everyone listening, rewind this, listen to it multiple times, take notes because there was a, there was a lot of incredible business tips from somebody who has grown a business over their life course into helping millions of people and it just you know if you're going to learn how to grow a business learn from the masters jarek's a master so learn from the masters and that's all i've got for you today i will be back next week i hope you have an incredible week where you thrive and feel alive Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you're liking this podcast, help spread the word by subscribing, sharing, leaving a rating and a review. To connect, go to nfacoaching.com where you can join the Max Potential Habits community and get access to all of my free and paid resources. There's daily inspiration on Instagram, IGTV videos, access to the Max Potential Habits LinkedIn group, and links for working with me in the live weekly Max Potential Habits online group training, the NFA Money Magnet Habits online course, and if you're really serious about taking it to the next level, you can also schedule a Max Potential coaching consult. Until next time, I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive.